Thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. From the beginning of time until now, women were to be seen or were to be viewed as man's equal. Sadly, however, in many parts of the world, women are viewed as subservient to man. They are seen as being less important. They are viewed as secondary or as those that are called to be dutiful. In many countries, women do not have a voice that is heard or respected. They are seen as irrelevant. They're viewed as weak. Their role is often reduced to that of the home life. Even in many churches across America, Angel, a woman's voice is silent. Even in many churches across America, a woman's voice The only people that they are allowed to instruct in the church are often children or other women. As if God cannot or will not use a woman to speak to a man. Many in those same churches, though, would admit that women are more spiritual than men. Come on now. They will admit that women are more in tune with the Holy Spirit. You've ever heard a man say that a woman has this intuition or radar that men don't have? Yet those same people limits the role and influence that women have in the church. The title of today's message is Prepare for Change or Preparing for Change. Prepare for change because God is about to do something amazing in his church. He wants to open up the understanding of the American church concerning the important role that women ought to play in the church. Now looking across this room, I see many faces and I think perhaps you came out of a traditional church where women were not allowed to do certain things. where God wants to give you a new perspective. He wants to give you a new, give you new insight on how he values all of his children, including the other half. And when we as men accept the role that God has given to women, the women in our world become empowered to change the world. Do you hear me? When we as men accept the role, the very important role, Gabby, and it's so good to see you here today because you are a world changer. I'm telling you, she's a world changer. When we understand the important role that women ought to play in our world, 
the women in our world would change the world. We've got to release them, men, to be all that God made them to be if we're going to be the church that Jesus died for. David Youngie Cho, pastor of the world's largest church, issued a challenge to the West, to Western pastors to involve women more in ministry. He said, without women, I don't think I could have built up this big church. Now, at the time that Charisma News did this interview with Cho, his church had about 70,000 members. 70,000 members. Now, listen to this. 400 of his 600 associate pastors were women. And 47,000 of the church's 50,000 cell groups were led by women. Joe said, by empowering women, we are evangelizing all of Korea. He said, for 5,000 years in Korea, women had no voice at all. They were only to cater to the needs of men. But then something happened. Christianity came to Korea. And Cho said, Christianity came and it set the women free. Listen, especially in the church, in the church, women in Korea are free. Do you hear that? Women are freer in the church of Korea than they are in society. But in America, it's just the opposite. The American society has embraced and released women to a place of equality more so than the American church has. Cho said, in ministry, women are equal with men. They're licensed. They're ordained. They become deacons and elders, and they become leaders of cell groups. When Cho released the women, God brought about great change and great growth in the Korean church. This morning we're going to be talking about Mary and Martha. And the verse that we're going to be reading, that we're going to start out with is Luke 10, 38 through 42. And it says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. We, this is a very famous passage of scripture. It's a very well-known passage of scripture, but what a lot of people don't understand about this text is the cultural background. And when we read scripture, we always have to understand that there is something going on that we don't understand as people from the West. This, the time period that Jesus lived in was over 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. Their culture is very different than ours. So to interpret what is going on here, we have to do a little bit of, bit of digging and understanding the culture that they lived in. Jesus would have been traveling 
and he traveled all the time. And, and the people that welcomed him into his home didn't just welcome him. They welcomed a large group of people. Because Jesus, yes, he had the 12 disciples, but he also had a larger following of people that were coming with him when he was teaching. When he showed up, other people did too. So welcoming Jesus into your home wouldn't have been no small undertaking. It would have been welcoming in tens of probably 20, 30, 40, 50 people into your home. And so in this culture, women were not seen as valued as men. Their role was the home. Their value and worth was seen in the men that they were attached to, whether it be their father or their husband. That's how they functioned. And hospitality, oh, that, that made you worth something. If you were not a good hostess, you would bring shame on your family. And if you were a fantastic hostess, you would bring so much honor to your family that people would come all the time. Being a hostess and taking care of the people in your house would have been one of the most important roles that a woman would have had at that time. Hospitality gained you honor or shame in that community. And they lived in an honor-shame society. So the more honor you had, the more you were worth in that society. The, more, the shame that you had belittled you even more. And so if a woman brought shame on you as a man, you would have seen that woman as almost worthless, as invaluable. It was their role to serve and take care of the men in their homes, the guests in their homes. And even if a man brought his wife, her role was also to help serve. It wasn't like if you came to dinner with your husband, you were going to get to sit at the table. You were expected to also help the hostess serve. It was the men that got to sit at the table and listen, not the women. They weren't allowed to take part in the teaching. So what you have to understand about Mary deciding that she was going to go sit and be a part of the teaching, she would have been bringing shame to her family. She wouldn't have been able to participate. What Mary was doing in this text would have been extremely culturally inappropriate extremely culturally inappropriate. And I believe from reading this, Martha isn't just saying that because she wants help, but she's trying to protect the honor of her family. That she was trying to protect something because Mary would have been bringing shame on their family. Women during this time were limited to duties within the home, and anything outside of performing her household responsibilities very easily could have brought shame on her family. So, so when, you, when you think about the dynamics of what is taking place here, and, and, and I chose the story of Mary and Martha to begin this series because of these two amazing women. But when we think about the story of Mary and Martha, it's easy to choose sides, isn't it? Those who understand the need to sit at the master's feet to seek out the master's presence, to be strengthened in that place, love what Mary was doing. But those who are workers at heart tend to relate to Martha. People who are motivated to serve in the church, who are motivated to get things done, can become frustrated with those who want to sit back and just receive from the Lord. Can I have an amen from the church? 
they got these two dynamics that, that, was, that was taking place then that still exist in the church. The one who sits at the feet of Jesus and the one who serves. And we want to, we tend to want to choose sides or pick a right and a wrong. Yet both positions are necessary and needful in the church that Jesus is building. Likewise, it takes both male and female actively doing their part to advance God's kingdom on earth. So that is point number one. Both positions are necessary. We need both male and female in the church just like we need both Marys and Marthas in the church. We see Mary in the presence of Jesus sitting at his feet being taught by the greatest rabbi of all times and we see Martha busy doing what she felt was important. Martha was the oldest. And being the oldest, she was used to being in control. Amen? How many of you are the oldest sibling? Oldest of your siblings. You like to control? This is Martha. She's used to being in control. And she felt a strong need to do what was expected of her in, in her day. And that was, you take care of your guests. Perhaps as the oldest, Martha wanted to be sure that their hospitality, the hospitality that Jesus received, met the Lord's expectations. And people that are into hospitality understand what I'm talking about. Right, KJ? You work hard at that. Martha found it hard to relax and enjoy her guests. And she found it even harder to accept Mary not helping her. Yet both positions are necessary. In her frustration, Martha finally asked Jesus to settle the matter, saying, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to come and help me. And we that are doers in the church, we understand that frustration. What are you doing? Come help me. You just had, you just had a great time. You just enjoyed the presence of the Lord. Now you want to run out on us. Over these next few months, we're going to challenge you to get involved like never before. Because I'm telling you, church, and I say this over and over and over, if all church is to you is a Sunday morning experience, you are missing the heart of the church. It has to be about more than what you get on Sunday morning. It has to be about more than what you do on Sunday morning. Church is about family. It is about community. It is about society. It is about us advancing God's kingdom together. So Jesus gently corrects Martha and showed her that her priorities, though good, were not the best at that moment. In other words, the personal attention that Martha gave her guests should be more important than the comforts she tried to provide for them. 
Now, there's some valuable lessons to be learned from these sisters as it relates to women in the church and as it relates to how each of us are to serve and minister to the body of Christ at large while at the same time seeking out the presence of Jesus because both positions are necessary. You need to serve, you need to seek. You need to seek, you need to serve. It's not a choose one or the other. You must do both. The problem Martha had was she allowed her service to become self-serving. Now I want you to go with me for a minute here, okay? I believe that same problem exists in the church today. And I believe that attitude has made it easier to shut women out or disregard the importance of their voices. When we become self-serving, we no longer serve the will of God. When we become self-serving, we're no longer serving the will of God. And when we step outside of God's will, our focus can become our desires instead of what God desires. And very soon, our actions begin to line up with how we want to be served. We then begin to define, please hear me, listen to me. We then begin to define roles and positions in the church for how we can best be served. And in that, we put women in positions that are limited and restricted. When we stop seeking to serve God's will, we inherently seek, we inherently begin to seek what best serves us. I want to say that again. When we stop seeking to serve God's will, we inherently begin to seek what best serves us. Women are too often put in positions of serving as a Martha instead of the position of sitting at the feet of Jesus, hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, then speaking to the church at large, thus says the Lord. We need you women not only serving in the church, but also leading in the church. We need your insight. We need your intuition. We need for you to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him for us. Because sometimes we men don't hear too good. <laughs> Sometimes we men don't hear too good. And listen, and sometimes we men won't stop long enough to hear what the Lord is saying. 
You women like this? You men like this? Uh, listen, pre- preparing for change. I'm telling you, change is coming. God is about to be do a new thing. We got to be ready for what God is about to do. And I believe he is empowering women and releasing women in this day and time like we've never seen before. And I don't want to get in God's way. How about you? <laughs> Listen. Ladies, be our Martha, but also be our Mary. Because both positions are necessary. Notice that Jesus did not blame Martha for being concerned about household chores. He simply asked her to make sure her priorities are right. If we're going to empower women for change, we have to make sure our priorities are right. Prepare for change because God is about to reveal both Mary's and Martha's to the church like never before. Prepare for change because change is on the way whether you want it or not. God wants to do a new thing in the American church. Can we, Restoration Church, lead the way of change? Can we lead the way? Martha, though looked down on at times, was an amazing woman. That's why I want to talk about Martha. I said, you can talk about Mary. Give me Martha. Okay? Because I'm a server at heart, but I'm also a seeker. But I can't stop serving. That's why you come in on Sunday morning. I'm back there. I'm trying to see what can I do. Can I take you to your seat? What can I do? I want to serve you. But that does not mean I don't seek God because I do that too. Martha was an amazing woman. Her hospitality was second to none. She believed in Jesus with growing faith. She had a strong desire to do everything exactly right. I believe the church needs a few more Marthas. The lesson that we learned from Martha is this. There's a proper time to listen, and there's a proper time to work. Can you discern the times? There's a proper time to sit at the feet of Jesus and listen. There's a proper time to put your hands to something and work. Can you discern the times? Our second point this morning is culture shift. Mary sat at the feet, at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. And now while this is a very well-known passage, we read it a lot, and this it's often taught as, well, it is our relationship with Jesus is more important than what we do. And while that is true, it is very true. Our relationship will always be more with Jesus will always be more important than what we do. But as Pastor said, what we do is also important. But in this passage in particular, Mary sitting at Jesus' feet held way more implications than just a relationship with Jesus. Just a relationship with Jesus. Jesus was a rabbi. He was a teacher. He was well-known. He was famous. He was beloved. He was a teacher of the word. And in that time, women were not allowed to be in the presence of rabbis while they were teaching. They were not allowed. 
and and Jesus was in Mary and Martha's home and and they would have had a lot of people there so this, it wasn't this private thing that Jesus was just in their home and he was teaching to the 12 disciples in this very intimate time it would have been a big deal in the city they lived in Bethany, and I, I'm sure as Jesus went into many towns, when he came into Bethany, there was a crowd following him as well. And so I'm sure this crowd showed up at Mary and Martha's house. So Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus was not a private thing. And because women were not allowed to even sit at their feet, they weren't even allowed to be a disciple. You could not say woman and disciple in the same sentence without being looked on as if you had, said, as if you had committed a sin. It was that serious. They were not allowed. The only religious education a woman would have received at that time was from her father. And so if you think about it, if your father was not a rabbi, he wasn't well-educated in Judaism, you knew nothing about your faith. You were expected as a woman to believe what you believed because your father or your husband did and because that's how it was. They weren't allowed to sit at the feet of a rabbi. It was her place to serve, to serve her family and any guests that her husband's or father would have invited them in their home. And they were not to interact with a rabbi the way that Mary did. What Mary does is so countercultural and so radical that it would have caused the men in the room to drop their mouths because of the shame that she would have been bringing on her family in doing that and feeling that she had the right to. In fact, she wouldn't have been able to sit there at all. She would have been expected to be serving. So Martha's response to the Lord was totally understood. It was understood. It was expected. They would have thought that there was something wrong with this family if Martha wouldn't have come and said, Jesus, come and get her up and let her come and serve because she's bringing shame on our family. Women at that time were not even allowed to practice religious ceremonies they were expected there was a separate place in the temple there was a gate that they couldn't go past and when sacrifices were made when the things that were given to God were made women were not allowed to be in that space they were allowed to watch from a balcony and not interact in any type of that so this this is crazy they were separated there was no interacting with rabbis and women at the time it just wasn't heard of so Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus was her taking a position of a disciple, a role that was only given to men. She was taking the position of a man. And Mary did so without permission. We don't see in the text that she went and asked Jesus before, hey, Jesus, is it okay if I come and sit at your feet while you teach? She didn't ask permission. She did so without even knowing what Jesus's response would be. But I believe that Jesus, that Mary knew who Jesus was. She knew that he was the son of God. She knew that he was the Messiah. And she knew that sitting at his feet was the only place that she could be in that moment because he was God. She boldly defied culture. She boldly defied the cultural norm, the expectations that were on her to sit at the feet of Jesus. To be in his presence was more important than what everybody else in the room thought. It was more important than the shame that she would have brought on her family. It was more important. Yes, yes, yes. And Jesus didn't just allow it. 
he commended her for it, saying there is only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, again, you have to understand this room was full of men who were religious leaders, some of them who were just learning, disciples. Jesus did not say this in private to Martha. He said it in front of the entire room, telling those religious leaders, telling the men that she has a place as a disciple. She has a place at my feet. She has a right to learn. That this would have turned them around. They wouldn't have known what to do with this. This is why the religious leaders hated Jesus. Because he over and over and over again said, what you think is right, I'm turning it on its head. Because this is not what I intended. You know, Angel, something just come to me. The position Mary chose, she put herself in a, in a closer proximity to Jesus than the men were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she would have. At his feet. She would have tripped them out. They would not have known what to do in that situation. And because of that, Jesus said it won't be taken away from her. It won't be taken away from her. Jesus would have shocked any man in that room. I mean, to the point they would not have known how to respond. Jesus gave Mary value outside of what she could do. Outside of being a hostess and outside of serving a man, outside of serving her father's family, outside of serving the men that were in the room, he gave her value outside of that. Jesus was countercultural. When it came to women. And because I'm a woman in ministry, I understand that you can be put to the side. That you can be not understood. That you can be told that your calling is not what God has for your life. And that is not what Jesus said. That is not how he interacted. And that's not what he believed. And that is not the intention that God has for you as a woman. That God is calling us out of the shadows. God was calling Mary out of the shadows and saying, I see you. And I see your worth and I see your value. And it's not just limited to serving in the back. That it's it's here with me at the front, at my feet. And it's okay. And don't don't you worry about what they say. Don't you worry about what they think. Because I am allowing this. I'm okay with you being here. Jesus validates women in ministry. He doesn't just acknowledge it, but he validates it. He sees us. He sees our worth. He sees what we can bring to the table because he is the God of gods. He is the name above all names. He is God. And he created us. So he knows what's within us. He knew what he put into us when he created us. Jesus challenged the cultural thoughts on women's place in spiritual things, policies, education, and practices. He values them. He values them as much as he valued their male counterparts. The men you are still, that you are worthy just as much as we are, but that we also have a place at his feet. He makes no distinction between what a man can do for the kingdom and what a woman can do for the kingdom. Too often in the church, women are seen as a less than 
or unqualified for certain positions based solely on their gender. It doesn't matter the education they have. It doesn't matter the, the giftings that they have. But because they alone are a woman, have no place in leadership. As women, we have to be confident in knowing who God is calling us to be. You have to know who you are, and you have to be okay with it and be willing to sit at the feet of Jesus despite what your culture is telling you. It is important for women to know this, but also for men to see the calling that is on our lives. Do you hear me, men? You have to see the calling that is on the lives of the women around you and push them to that place and say, I believe in you. I validate you. You need to be in a place where you are using the giftings that God has given you. Men and women must partner together to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Amen. Is that good? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Angel shared with me the first time that she preached here, someone asked her, did Josh prepare your sermon for you? (laughs) But that is the mindset that people have when they see women being used by God, like God wants to use women. I want to turn to John chapter 11 really fast. John chapter 11. You can follow on overhead. I'm going to go on the story reading for sake of time. And this is the story of, of Jesus going to the, to the tomb of Lazarus. And we're going to read verses 1 through 3. Then we're going to read 17 to 21. So the man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the same Mary and Martha who later, uh, this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was sick. So the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Verse 17. When Jesus, so Jesus goes. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been dead, uh, been in the grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem. And many other people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. This is point number three. From serving to seeking. We need to go from serving to seeking. The scripture we read in Luke 10 portrays the picture that most people have of Martha. Martha is best known for being too busy to sit down and listen to Jesus. But here in John 11, we see a different side of her. Here she is portrayed as a woman of deep faith. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out immediately to meet him. And she left Mary sitting in the house. In this, we see that Martha goes from serving Jesus to seeking Jesus. This is a picture of her faith. Martha was not just a woman of service. She was also a woman of great faith. When she came to Jesus, she said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Those words were words of faith in Jesus. She went on to say, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. 
Martha then says to the Lord in John eleven twenty seven, 27, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who's coming to the world. Martha goes from serving Jesus to seeking Jesus. She goes from doing to believing, from asking Jesus to correct her sister to declaring Jesus to be the Son of God. Please hear me. When given the opportunity, women will transform into seekers of God or they will reveal that they are already seekers. When women are given the opportunity to display their faith, a woman's faith will come across loud and clear. When given an opportunity, women will amaze those who who have placed limits on them. Martha appeared to change from being a servant to a seeker, but I don't believe she changed at all. I believe what we learn about this amazing woman is what we've come to learn about women in general. They're better at multitasking men than we are. They can do more than one thing at once. They can serve and they can seek at the same time. We're still trying to figure it out. Do I serve? Do I seek? Do I serve? Do I seek? Do I serve? Do I seek? (laughs) And a woman just doing both. (laughs) One at a time. What do I do? I think we've come to realize that women have a larger capacity than men do to hold more and to do more than men. Martha was always a woman of faith. She had chosen to express her faith in the previous chapter in serving instead of listening. But she used both her serving and her seeking to show that she loved Jesus. When allowed to do so, whether serving or seeking, I think we will discover that women have been uniquely gifted by God to be living vessels of faith. A faith that at times will be expressed in their serving and at other times expressed in their seeking. Or maybe, since you women are super women, (laughs) do them both at the same time. Prepare for change. God's hand is on the other half. Do you hear me? The hand of God is on the other half. He's empowering them. He's positioning them to bring about great change in communities, in families, but especially in the church. From serving to seeking women, you will be used by God to change the world. Point four is change is coming. John 12, we're going to read John 12, 1 through 7. It says, six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it. 
Wiping his feet with her hair, the house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. I like this verse. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. So he was trying to pocket some extra money. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She, is, she did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This passage of scripture shows Jesus yet again coming to the aid of Mary, approving of her actions despite the audience that was watching. However, Mary was now taking a position of sitting, was, was not taking a position of sitting, but she was engaging in an act of worship towards Jesus. She went from sitting at his feet to anointing his feet. Mary was willing to worship Jesus no matter the personal cost to her. And, and understand this would have come at a personal cost for her. It would have been a costly action. Mary, it would have been a costly action for Mary. And it wasn't just financial, but it was also social. Because there were so many other things going on. But Mary's reputation was probably already tarnished because her sitting at the feet of Jesus, which happened before this. And now that she had taken the she had taken the position of a disciple, and now she pours out probably one of her most valuable possessions and anoints Jesus' feet. So for you to get a better understanding of how much this perfume was worth, now, this is perfume. So if you made $50,000 in a year at your job, this bottle of perfume would have been worth 45000 this was probably a sign of their fa- a status for their family. It was probably something that was passed down. It probably would have been a part of her betrothal. And she chose to worship Jesus. Not only was the perfume expensive, but the act in and of itself would have been inappropriate. We can assume that Mary was single, was a single woman, because there's no mention of her husband, which is very odd in scripture if she would have been married. And she still lived with her siblings. And in that time, when you got married, you left your family's home and you went and lived with your husband's family. So for Mary to be living with her siblings still, she probably was unmarried and young or either widowed. Um, It would have cost her her reputation because in that time, as a woman, you did not uncover your hair in front of a man that wasn't your husband. And for her to uncover her hair, take her box of most expensive perfume, pour it on the feet of Jesus, and then clean his feet with her hair, again, would have tarnished her reputation. She would have been seen as some very terrible things. Um, She would have been seen as a harlot. She would have been seen as someone who was not worth being married. She would have been in She wouldn't have been of any value to any man in her village. But Mary knew that Jesus was the son of God. And she knew that worshiping him was worth anything that she had, her reputation, financial stability. She knew that it was worth her most valuable possession. Not only was Mary worshiping Jesus through this act, but she was unknowingly preparing the way for Jesus's death. She was unknowingly preparing the way for Jesus' death. In another account of the same story, 
in Matthew 26, 10 through 12, Jesus says, but Jesus aware of this said to them, why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will not always have the poor with you, or for you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. In Judaism, when someone died, their body was anointed with oil. However, because Jesus died the day before the Sabbath, his body was not given that because they weren't allowed to go. He wasn't anointed. His body was not given that honor. And Jesus knew at that time that his death was drawing near. He knew. He knew what was going to happen. And by anointing Jesus, Mary was preparing the way for Jesus' death and resurrection. She was unknowingly preparing for change. She was preparing the way for change. And she didn't even know it. Because don't get because if you think that Jesus' death and resurrection didn't change the world, you do not understand the gospels. Because Jesus' death and resurrection brought the ultimate change. It brought freedom. Mary was being obedient and worshiping Jesus, but she was unknowingly preparing the way for her own freedom. His sacrifice made a way for us to have a relationship with God, to be forgiven, to be a part of the body of Christ. And Jesus chose women to be a part of it. Obedience will at times unknowingly prepare us for the change that is coming. We have to be willing to listen and obey. We have to be willing to seek and serve. We have to be willing to hear the voice of God and do what he asks. As a woman... I get it. It can be easy to downplay my calling and what God has asked me to do because of my gender. For a long time, I felt that preaching wasn't something that God was asking of me because it felt uncomfortable, because I didn't want to offend anyone, because I felt less than. I ran from what I was called to do and what God was asking of me. When I finally gave in, something changed in me. My obedience to him set me free in a way that I haven't been before. It freed me to operate fully in the calling that God had on my life. But I got to that place because I have a husband who believes in my calling. Because I have a husband who saw it in me before I could see it in myself. I have a husband who pushed and almost forced me to preach. Because he saw it before I could. He forced me to step up and step out into the calling that God has on my life. Sitting at the feet of Jesus is essential to knowing who you are called to be. But if you just sit there in that knowledge and never take action, you will miss what God is trying to do in your life. You will miss it. What type of change does God want to see happen through you? What type of change are you unknowingly preparing for when you live in the calling that God has on your life? God wants to use all of us, men and women. Like I said earlier, he sees us as equal and desires for women to take part in the kingdom of God in any position, any position, from senior pastor to cleaning the bathrooms in any position from there from senior pastor to cleaning the bathrooms and anywhere in between that's where he sees us 
He makes no distinction between what a man can do for the kingdom and what a woman can do for the kingdom. Women and men, do not shy away from your calling. Do not shy away from your calling. Jesus is worth it. He is worth everything that we have. He is worth financial sacrifice. He is worth your reputation. He is worth everything we have. Serving him is worth challenging cultural norms. It's worth it, I guarantee you. Serving him is worth your reputation. It is worth challenging the cultural norms. And it is worth the sacrifice. Amen. And that's a wrap. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We hope you were encouraged and empowered by today's message. If you would like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. If you would like to send us a prayer request, please email us at amen at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.